2: So before we start the show, I want to take a moment to tell you about my bookie. Obviously, the season is well and truly in full flight. We're having a lot of fun. Maybe your teams aren't going too good in the fantasy realm. Maybe we'll get some action going on the betting front. As a true football fan, you already know that the seasons are bound to change. Tom Brady is still bound to win for the Patriots. The Patriots defense is going to continue to dominate for the rest of the way. But every season, there's different little bits and pieces that happen, and that's where you can get that advantage. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They're always up to date with the most up to date lines and the best props in the business. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. The best part is right now if you join with our promo code mybookie will double your first deposit that's right if you put 1000 in your account they'll give you 1000 as a bonus use the promo code rodovs to activate the offer once again that promo code is ROTOViz to double your cash visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid
0: Mahomes has the time delivers perfectly downfield touchdown Patrick Mahomes with a rope this one and
2: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Overtime on Road of Radio. My name is Colum Kelly, as always you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We are heading into week 8 of the NFL season as well and truly flying by uh, and it's, it's kind of It's fun to look at some of those rosters and see how those uh, overall weekly win numbers are coming along. Some other teams, not so fun as we get to this stage of the season. We'll be breaking that down a little bit on today's show as week seven was uh, a little bit tough for myself and Sean looking through those season-long lineups. We'll be talking a little bit about a little bit of success this week in a DFS lineup, but lots of uh, things to talk about in today's show. uh, Mainly from the disappointing side, I, I'm guessing, but we'll keep it interesting, keep it fun for the listeners. Sean, it was a difficult week. Um, how how are you feeling after after the latest week of NFL action?
1: Well, I the sun continues to come up here in, in Tucson, Arizona, because it always comes up and it's bright and blue, and and that really helps you shake off the depression that comes. Uh, from a week like this. This is about the 12th year that I've played high stakes pretty seriously. And for the uh, three or four years previous to that, playing a high volume of lower stakes. And in that entire time, you know, there are those kind of four or five weeks that jump out to you as being uh, almost impossibly bad. You just had no idea what you were getting into when you woke up that morning. And there have been bigger weeks in terms of the importance certainly when uh, Rob Gronkowski got hurt in the fantasy playoffs for me when he was on almost all of my main event teams that that really hurts you when you lose that that tight end for the playoff run there when when he gives you such a, a massive edge but you know fortunately this week happens in week seven in thirteen week leagues you have six more weeks to make it up uh, in our ffpc leagues obviously we're already starting to come into the home stretch here but this was probably the very worst single week that i've ever had doing this and everybody knows about the situation with david johnson we'll talk about that a little bit here in a minute looking at monty fawn's fun article kind of recapping the week but things had, had really come along in the last couple of weeks for Rotoviz owners you know we have the will fuller explosion we have the stefan diggs explosion and so you know the dynasty teams absolutely dominating the seasonal teams my team with curtis the team with ben my christian mccaffrey teams all of those teams you know really moving into great position and then this week happened and you know for for most listeners out there they're also in kind of in this situation where Probably a lot of Buccaneers, a lot of Panthers. So you have to figure out ways to make up for those guys. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Dante Pettis was one of those players for me where he has not had a good season, but when you're trying to cover these buys and his snap percentage is rising, Debo Samuel is going to be out. uh, You know, you're looking at him as maybe being a decent filler. You get the zero there with that game in the rain, which some of the players commented was the worst field conditions they had ever experienced certainly neither quarterback generated a lot of passing yardage there but then beyond that Will Fuller uh, the most undervalued player in fantasy except for maybe this situation right here right? So, and that's the trick. When you have someone like Fuller who is going, you know, 20 to 30 spots later, than he should probably go. Then he's such a no brainer that you do go ahead and get in there and draft him. But then when you have him on every team and you have this exact scenario play out, it's, it's a huge killer. Beyond that, carry on Johnson was my other highest owned player. So the the four guys that I had started on the most teams this past week, fuller david johnson carry on johnson also going down with an injury that now looks like it may take him out for a while and pettis so a lot of leagues this week scoring sub 100 points and and that hurts you not only because you do lose even though this was a relatively low scoring week but in so many of these formats total points come into play and so it sets you back in that uh, entire race for the the postseason in terms of that points race. so not a good week for me But certainly plenty of exciting fantasy developments for us to go through
2: definitely indeed and just before we move along as always maybe sean you need to jump into the road of his radio patreon slack this week get some of that league one and advice as we move forward here into week eight but as always you can jump in and get involved for just six dollars a month through the road of his radio patreon and that is for the road of his radio a slack which you gain exclusive access to get some great advice from the podcast and writing team help get those teams ready to help head on into the playoffs and win a championship and if you are in that nine dollar tier you can get some sweet road of his merchandise at the end of the season. Join that community today and help us to continue to produce high-end Industry leading programming that is patreon.com forward slash roteviz radio. And as always, as well, you can get involved, get yourself a 10% discount as a loyal podcast listener to the NFL pass right now at roteviz.com. That link is roteviz.com forward slash podcast. Get ready, as I mentioned already, for that playoff push, but use those great tools and content that we'll be talking about on today's show. And gain amazing value and help support the network. That is 10% off again. Once more, that is rodoviz.com forward slash (laughs) podcast. So Sean, as we jump into the next part, hopefully we're going to start to have a a few more positive vibes. But today's show might be kind of looking back with a a, a tear in our eye at this past week. But we're going to talk first here about Monty Fans' article, uh, in which he talks about you know in terms of his his high stakes leagues, which I really enjoy looking at each and every week on the site. He talks in it about David Johnson, uh, who was highly questionable all week, a bit like he was the week previous. The week previous, obviously, he had a, a very solid game when people did leave him in the lineups. This week, not so much as he pretty much started the game had a handoff gained two yards and sat the rest of the game so unusual for him to have that first carry and then just do be taken out after that when there was no relapse but after the game Kingsbury said that he was going to be used as needed and obviously Chase Edmonds who was on many benches uh, this past week uh, totaled 150 yards and three touchdowns so that would have ruined a lot of fantasy days like yours like mine and I know David David Johnson's one of the key characters on this podcast uh, over the season so far uh Sean so this one as you mentioned was a tough one um an unusual one to see johnson totaling in that point, uh, two points and then and then not get involved again after that but even more frustrating to see just how dominant uh, edmund was edmund's was in this game yeah
1: he looked great and for me this one was perhaps not quite as bad as the will fuller situation because you could see it coming right and i say not that bad it's certainly horrible and the fact that the Cardinals decided to play it that way, I think, is very frustrating because it's bad for the fans. And even if you're focusing on your hometown fans, I mean, these teams want to build you know, a broader fan base, you want people rooting for your players, you want people rooting for that young quarterback, you want people to be excited about this dynamic offense. The Cardinals are moving in the right direction. They look like they could be a very solid team in the near future, and messing with fans like this is not the way to build goodwill and get people excited and on board with you as you're doing that. Having said that, David Johnson clearly was not healthy. You can understand why they would want to save him. A little bit disappointing that they didn't use him more in the receiving game Uh, he's such a fantastic receiver and that's maybe the one area where chase edmonds is still developing edmonds looks shot out of a cannon right i mean the, the thing here is not just that david johnson is injured and maybe that explains a little bit of his sluggishness as a runner because when he had the 30 yard run a week ago and basically is the only person on the tv screen right i'm watching it with my 82 inch television he's the only guy on there and yet I mean, he looked like he was jogging, right? When I'm down there on the treadmill, that's about how I imagine that I look. So, that's not what you're wanting from your your big star running back. Perhaps the injuries are, are playing a role in that. It was frustrating because you know he he was able to play in this game, and the game was competitive, got close at a couple different points, and you would certainly like to see, even though that nfc west is a tough division it may be difficult to get out of there and make the playoffs this season you want the cardinals trying to win that game right which they did and they got back to three three and one all of those kinds of things but the game could have been better could have been more explosive the passing game might have been more effective if they had used him a little bit certainly i think even more than just taking the low score in this game because i mean what fantasy owners are always frustrating about what the concern with will fuller was Again, it's just that when you put those guys in and they immediately get hurt, then it's not just that your guy's hurt, but you're taking a super low score for that game, which, you know, there are only 11 weeks or only 13 weeks. You can't afford to lose games in that fashion. But now also, it looks like he will potentially be out or limited for a while. And now we just know that we can't trust the Cardinals to give any kind of. good direction in terms of whether he's not going to he's going to play and so you really feel a drift if you have david johnson at this point because the rest of the season going forward not just this game but it starts to look pretty dark
2: yeah and you might see some more of a split in terms of the carries like Edmonds did look really good and this looks you know he flashes across the screen in terms of his pace um so you know you have you have to say that th- you might see a balance here. really tough there there is certain coaches around the league that I, I really put stock into when they say things and after this game Cl- <laughs> cliff kingsbury will be one that i put no stock into any words that probably come out of his mouth in the future because um this this is one that'll live long in fantasy owners minds just running through the uh piece of moddy fans he runs through you know the differences off this particular week so we had uh, if you look through some of the top performing players this season nick chubb who's the rb4 in the air was on a bye johnson had the one carry for two yards he was the rb6 before this the rb8 alvin kamara he was out the wide receiver it mike evans on a bye uh, adam Thielen, then he got knocked out of the game after scoring uh, the touchdown on that catch will fuller as you mentioned already, out in the first uh, quarter of the game, after scoring one, or after having one catch, uh, obviously. Then I mentioned Mike Evans. Obviously, the rest, as you mentioned, with the the Buccaneers and you know Godwin on a bye, also Christian McCaffrey on a bye. So so many guys in there um, that are out, and then guys that did play with Mark Andrews, who had real catching issues this week. Two catches, thirty nine yards. Travis Kelsey, six for forty four. We'll just not talk about Evan Ingram. Similar about Zach Ertz, George three for 38. You know, a lot of the guys uh, really struggled. I guess we'll give a shout-out to Darren Waller, who uh, put up seven for one, two, six, and two touchdowns on the Packers. But uh, he had a a big, big game here. But a real... uh, a real down week across the board for many, many fantasy players uh, and fantasy stars. So hopefully this is a one-off, Sean, and it moves forward. um The other one, obviously, the downer is uh, Patrick Mahomes is injured in Thursday night football. So let's hope he gets back uh, healthy quickly as well, because that's going to affect, and we might talk about that later on in the show how that'll affect the the other players on that Kansas City Chiefs team. I guess the last thing to finish up on the David Johnson side of things, Sean, I had a pretty solid week this week in terms of dfs i had one lineup who really had up into the points and was looking like i had a shot at, at winning a, a gpp for a while but ended up finishing in sixth place but on that team we had those 0.2 yards for david johnson um so if he even had 0.4 yards i would have bumped up into to fifth place um latavius murray had uh, a rushing, a rushing yard to finish off that game against the bears um as the bears used their time timeouts uh, to try and see if they could get another turnover um so that bumped me down uh, out of a place and out of the some some more dollars but a good week so i guess when we're talking about all the negatives i'll bump in i'll bump in one positive to finish it up but um you know it's one of, one of those things. It could have been more, but as we talked about already on the show, it could have been a lot, lot less. So, an interesting week all around um, from that perspective. But anything else, Sean? As we we look at that, we'll be talking more about different elements uh, in the second half of the show. But anything else uh, to mention on that on that kind of topic there?
1: Well, I wondered if you had considered at all going with Chase Edmonds. The, the situation with Edmonds is certainly that he looked like he was going to score plenty of points, regardless of what happened with David Johnson, uh, because he was being used. In, in such a way that they were really splitting that you know over the last couple of games, uh, call your lineup absolutely fantastic. We know that you 're a huge Packers fan with uh, so it 's no surprise to see Aaron Rodgers on your lineup there with the forty six point seven points you had Dalvin Cook in there for thirty. Alan Lazard was not quite the right. Uh, packer to have stacked in there but you also had marquez valdez scantling who had you know just the two catches but goes for 133 yards on a touchdown and get 24 points there uh, you had Allen robinson who despite the bears offensive travails uh, continues to be very heavily targeted since uh, that's their only way of moving the ball 24 more points there you had darren waller the perfect choice leonard Fournette, and then that cardinals defense curtis and i also played the cardinals and got the value of some of those plays, they racked up eight sacks, ended up scoring 14 points. So in a week where it was difficult to score points, you put up 202, so congratulations on a fantastic DFS lineup there
2: yeah that, that, that really came along well now this was one you know you mentioned uh, David Johnson I had hoped that David Johnson for DFS purposes was going to be inactive in this game a lot of my earlier week lineups had Chase Edmonds in them but when the change was made it altered some of my lineups so I didn't play Chase Edmonds then in any of the lineups the reason I put in David Johnson in this particular one was because as you mentioned with the players I put in there I put in just before uh game time obviously the Packers announced that Valdez Scantlin was going to be playing and also uh, Geronimo Allison. So I made some lineups on those because, as you can see from the picture we have in the show sheet here, in this particular GPP, Aaron uh, Rodgers was 0.9% owned. So obviously that can be a huge boost here. But Valdez Scantlin was 1.3% owned and Lazard was actually the highest owned at 122 So you have those guys in there when that later injury news comes in obviously that boosted rogers potential points dramatically having uh, at least two of those top three missing adams still but having those in there so that was the reason that this one is designed with david johnson and it is because when i used guys in it like waller like lazard like valdez scantling who weren't the most expensive players on the on the week with lazard in there as well it gave me a lot of salary left over to use up so maybe if one of those other guys was uh you know what a, a bigger value or more expensive this week i would have went with a cheaper running back than david johnson and could have really could have really helped things but uh, as you mentioned 202 points so happy, happy as it goes and even more fun for it to happen with the the packers here who we'll, we'll talk about in a moment in the second half of the show but uh fun times when you when you get a little bit of a run like that so before we get to the next part of the show just want to mention about sportsaxios.com following a team you love in 2019 can be very time-consuming trying to follow everything that's happening in sports is pretty much impossible scrolling through every app visit and every website on a daily basis is in fact impossible and that's why i subscribe to axios sports the best free daily fantasy newsletter in the land Axios sports is a modern sports page direct to your email inbox every day when you sign up for free at sports.axios.com you get the best stories from the N- NBA to the NFL and even to cricket and ping, pong and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, gives you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple and best of all, it's free. You can sign up today at sports.axios.com. That's sports.axios.com. That is AXIOS. Not only will you be caught up on all the information, but you'll be ready to go for the weekend with all the sports knowledge that you need. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up before the day even begins. No paywall, no subscription fee. Once again, that is sports.axios.com. Try for free now, sports.axios.com. I also want to let you know about our friends over at Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune for a custom wardrobe. I always love getting those custom suits on, getting trimmed up. I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we talked about Indochino. I'm not a big fan of wearing suits at all times, but when there's a big event on, I do like to to, to feel nice, get dressed up and uh, dressed to impress, as they say, I guess we'll call it. Indochino is the way to go when you're trying to, to get into the best clothes for the best prices endochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand they make suits shirts coats and more and everything is made to your exact measurements and as i mentioned before my measurements are a bit unique uh, with my height and <laughs> height and kind of weight and uh, the best part is they are affordable almost all of their custom clothing comes in at under 400 u.s the process is simple choose your fabric, pick your customization, submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered to your door within two weeks, and the measurements can be designed also at your nearest Endochino showroom or do it all online yourself at endochino.com. And now as a Rotoviz listener, you can upgrade your style and start with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code BLUEWIRE at checkout and get free shipping also. That's Indochino.com. Promo code once again is BLUEWIRE and that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal on made-to-measure clothing. So Sean, as we head into the third quarter, we're going to look at your piece up on the site uh, this early week as we record the show on Tuesday. Always my first go-to article of the week to dive into those stats. But I always like to, to give you the floor when we get to your your piece of the week. And uh, what, what really stood out to you that you want to highlight uh, in the piece this week?
1: Well, we had two Green Bay Packers receivers who were on that Uh, leaderboard in terms of fantasy points over expectation i always like to look at the receivers who broke out and had really big explosive weeks now we know these explosive weeks are not necessarily sustainable but anytime someone has a huge week like this it's interesting to see how it happened and to see if it's going to lead to more volume in the future as teams try and take advantage of these potential breakout stars or just to see which offenses might be changing and developing a little bit and that's where we start today with again two packers on the leaderboard. Both Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Jay Kumaro have 10-plus fantasy points over expectation. And that really brings us back to Aaron Rodgers when you have the two guys on the board like this. And when we pull up the NFL Stat Explorer, we can see really any element of Rodgers' performance that we want. And here we'll just go back and look at something very straightforward like points, right? That's what we're most interested in. And we can see that from 2014 to 2017, he averaged over 24 points a game. And not surprisingly, his QB1 finishes outnumbered his QB2 finishes by the count of 37 to 18. Now, obviously last year, things went off the rails a little bit. Coach gets fired as a result. We have the new coaching staff in place. But since the beginning of 2018, his points per game had dropped to just 21, 217 And perhaps more shockingly, when you look at the advantage that he gave you or did not give you over these other quarterbacks, especially when we consider, you know, the legend of Aaron Rodgers and then the cost of Aaron Rodgers, he'd been a QB two or worse more than half the time in that stretch. And then we have week seven where he goes for 48 points and this becomes more impressive because Devontae Adams is out and several of these other receivers, even perhaps guys who had big games like MVS were limited, right? And it's a very small sample, but going into this game, since Adams breakout in 2016, the Packers had been much more conservative when he wasn't in the game. Uh, Rodgers didn't score nearly as many points. They attempted 10 fewer passes a game. And so to see the secondary guys come through and have the big games I think is very exciting for this offense certainly it's exciting to see that Aaron Rodgers still has it and that perhaps people who have him as a foundation piece for their dynasty rosters can expect this to continue for a while now Cullum as a huge Green Bay Packers fan and someone who follows the team closely should we be taking this Aaron Rodgers explosion as the real thing and among these secondary receivers which guys are you most excited about who's going to still be relevant when Devonte adams comes back
2: well the first thing is um you know i wouldn't be expecting uh, 48.1 points every week but uh, he does certainly have the ability to do that no i think like in terms of the offense over the last kind of three weeks or so we've seen things that we would never have seen in an offense with Mike McCarthy so there's a a much improved you know kind of play calling aspect of it in terms of trying to get players opened you know if you watch Rodgers over the last two to three seasons it's pretty much an amazing play or it's no yards on the play so it's kind of that he was doing everything now things are starting to be schemed a little bit more open for him so there is plays there that he's not having to put a huge amount of work into like if you see the Kumaro touchdown this week like you know I'm pretty sure me or you could have probably threw that pass to Kumaro based on the, the amount of room that he had to to hit that ball in. So there, there's a lot of things like that. Now, I always think that Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think that in terms of quarterback talent, is the best quarterback we've seen play in the game. I know we have, have Mahomes, but we have a very small sample size there. He may get to that point at one stage or another then you have Tom Brady, who has the most hardware to back it up. So there's different arguments there. But in terms of quarterback talent, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback we've seen play the game. Uh, But in terms of fantasy quarterbacks, I I don't think that correlates to what Aaron Rodgers does uh, in general. So I always think that he's not the best in terms of um, fantasy quarterback. I was actually surprised to see how many QB1 weeks were actually in this sample size that you give i actually thought there would be less in it and so that's what i i think in terms of fantasy quarterback but i think the radar is pointing up in terms of what is happening here over the next couple of weeks because as you mentioned i think the younger players playing in this offense now are going to open things up because there is those other players with that ability to get opened and to get points, and that obviously raises uh, the floor for Aaron Rodgers that he's not only relying on players like Devonte Adams, who uh, obviously has touchdown to game played ratio is extremely impressive, and obviously that's where Aaron Rodgers looks too, particularly in the red zone. But we we've seen now whether this remains to, to continue. We actually seen Jimmy Graham putting in one of his better performances as a packer this week, but that could just be down to the overall explosion of the offense. It might be a one week wonder. We'll see what happens. But I think that story you know of all the other wide receivers and players opening things up we see Aaron Jones catch a pass and touchdown this week which he dropped last week for a very similar play those sort of things boost boost dramatically like last week Rogers finished with 21.1 points if that's caught he's going to have another four to six points depending on your scoring settings so he's up then to 26 points last week so things start to look a lot brighter then that way as well but I, I think overall it's going to be a better season moving forward here from a fantasy perspective for Aaron Rodgers um, and what, what I do think you mentioned about the other players I, I'm a big fan of uh, Valdez Gantley and I think there's a, a lot of potential there for him uh, I think when Adams comes back obviously he's he's the main guy there but I, I think MBS is the one behind him that has the the ability I think MBS is vastly better than Geronimo Allison I think Allison's more of a role player I think then in a situation like Kumaro is well down the pecking order if, if those guys are healthy and similarly with Lazard who led the Packers this week in, in terms of splits you know in terms of uh, snaps uh, and actually rights run but didn't lead them in terms of you know catches or passes or anything like that there but I think Valdez Scantling is, is the one guy that you'd want to own on this roster and I, I targeted him quite heavily this offseason in Dynasty and picked him up in, in quite a few leagues so overall overall he would be the one would there be anyone else Sean there that you'd be interested in like obviously I would be rostering the other guys in deeper leagues and mainly only in dynasty though i think for this season uh, once adams gets back it's kind of it's, it's valdez scantling and, and adams that you want to have on your regular redraft rosters would you agree with that i would I, i'm a big alan lazard fan but i don't necessarily
1: think certainly that if you were unable to get him on waivers last week and then uh, saw bids in deeper dynasty leagues where there aren't a lot of guys available you know certainly saw bids well above 50 percent uh down to you know just a couple of bucks in a shallower league or in a redraft setting if you weren't able to get him you know you certainly don't want to overpay at this point Devonte adams i think becomes much more exciting now seeing the development of the offense so if you're still in a window where you can purchase him in your league because the current owner, you know, needs to get some guys in, is still concerned about the health. Or as we've seen with some of these other players, uh, some of the nagging injuries are very easy to, to aggravate. And then you potentially have a guy who not only is hurt, but has given you a poor score in a game that you needed to win. Uh, but Adams now, I think, becomes a more exciting dynasty own, And certainly he was a top, you know, 10 to 15, top 20 guy going into the season. For me, there was a clear tier with juju and michael thomas above him i think that you could make the argument that he moves maybe into that group and certainly with the problems that the steelers have had in their passing game uh, perhaps even is is more exciting than juju despite the difference in age there so uh, with this offense emerging all of those guys get more exciting so uh, it, it's exciting to see the packers look good you want to see these elite teams play well it makes the entire week work better it gives other teams to uh, a target to shoot for so having aaron Rodgers play well like this i think is good for fantasy and good for the nfl
2: yeah and i think uh, something that's been very impressive we haven't touched on the saints much over the last couple of weeks but something that's been very impressive for them is the way they've been able to continue to win when they don't have Uh, Drew Brees in the lineup you know with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback similarly which has impressed me more so over the last couple of weeks with how Rodgers has played is that it is with you know trying to get more passes to his running backs which is something they really didn't do previous uh, when Mike McCarthy was there the other thing that they've tried to do as well is try and integrate those younger wide receivers so missing out on a a really key piece and being able to perform like this as you mentioned very exciting uh, for when Adams would come back and I have to say rest of season if you have a chance uh, in a redraft league for example to, to move Juju for Adams Adams is likely to probably be out another one to two weeks uh, but if he's out I think get I, I would rather have the upside of Adams the rest of the way over Juju if you can if you can work something like that but uh, I don't know Sean would you agree with that you know rest of season taking Adams over Juju
1: I think so the quarterback situation with the Steelers is just too poor you know we look at some of these receiver quarterback situations and say well you know this guy has managed to do it with a backup quarterback And this other person has not. And so the guy who's dealing with the backup quarterback must be better. He doesn't need that quarterback in order to make him good that can be a little bit tricky because one of the things that we do know, or we do know if we sit and think about it a little bit is there are some huge differences in the quality of backup quarterbacks as well. It's not just the case of, okay, these guys are backups, but some of them are backups who will give you a chance like Teddy Bridgewater. Some of them are backups like what the Steelers have, where they're really not anywhere close to NFL level quarterbacks. And so then, you know, you get into a little bit of difficulty there, but I think your Michael Thomas point is exactly right. And that is that I, this guy is unreal. I, I go and watch these Saints games, and I'm thinking to myself, a little bit like what we'll talk about in, in a moment, where you know Marvin Jones has this four-touchdown day. Uh, Danny Amendola breaks out for some yardage. And watching that, you can see that this is clearly because teams don't want to let kenny galladay beat them galladay emerging as uh not necessarily a star but into that next tier and teams have have taken notice right they're making an effort to take him out of games the saints don't even have anybody else right it's it's michael thomas or bust and teams cannot take him away and they can't take him away when it's teddy bridgewater now bridgewater is an above average backup quarterback but he's still a backup quarterback i mean he he does not look good at all at times and yet Michael Thomas is still the guy there. I think that Thomas moves up. I updated my dynasty rankings, have him all the way up to four. I think that you can make a case for him, maybe even moving above his teammate and Alvin Kamara there. And, you know, you could even maybe make the case that it should just be Christian McCaffrey who is above Michael Thomas, uh, a young receiver. We've seen again this season that even for some of the top guys, like an Odell Beckham, uh, just not scoring the points that you hope for from, those clear-cut wide receiver one guys and Michael Thomas is just unstoppable and so uh, what he's doing it, it goes under the radar a little bit I think but maybe the most impressive thing we've seen this season and you know we're seeing a historic season from McCaffrey so that's really something
2: yeah and i think you know the concern probably before the season with uh, somebody like michael thomas was always well drew Brees is getting up there in years maybe a year or two left at the quarterback position what happens with a different quarterback and i think thomas has answered those questions uh it really doesn't matter and i think that like a lot of it i think comes down to you know how the play caller works things and I, I have to say that you know sean Payton uh has been doing a tremendous job like we've seen this week um you know Taysom Hill get a receiving touchdown we've seen a a couple of different kind of option plays from the Saints like they're really working that playbook and I think similarly to getting opportunities for Michael Thomas a good bit of that's coming down to design the rest of it's coming down to just how good of a player he is so I would agree with you there on you know moving him up those dynasty rankings you mentioned Marvin Jones there's a couple of guys here that we're going to hit on now who let's get into the positivity of the week Uh, we had Marvin Jones four touchdowns for him a monster monster performance uh, this week I thought Matthew. Stafford had a really good performance, ended up uh, on the losing side this past week. Um, the other one then is Zach Pascal, who we haven't really touched on the Colts at all since Andrew Luck's been out of town. But, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett this week with one of his better games and this team now leading their division, Zach Pascal, um, who, who people have been kind of talking up in, in terms of beat reporters since the preseason, um, really has started to become somebody who you could start to think about maybe starting in weeks. And especially if you're in, in any deeper leagues, you need to have him on those on those rosters, you know, in terms of it. So it's, it's a, a player there. The other one then is John Brown. And I've always been a, a John Brown guy since his days back in arizona playing with carson palmer uh then last year had a pretty solid start to the year with joe flacco but things fell off then but having a good rapport so far and playing pretty much like a, a number one wide receiver when healthy up in buffalo so the three of those guys sean you, you can hit an all three if you want but wh- which of those uh did you enjoy this week the most and and which do you think is the best uh, to have owned moving forward for the rest of the season
1: yeah well jones is probably going to be Uh, the most valuable. Although John Brown will also be in that category. Uh, The thing I think that's interesting about Jones is that he has been very much a feast or famine receiver with the Lions. You go in and you look at his fantasy points over expectation uh, chart for the last four years, and you can see that this was actually his fifth game with double-digit FPOE, but he also, especially in 2016 and 2018, has a lot of negative games and now looking a little bit better. One of the things, I talked about an unfortunate series of events to start the show. I should mention that last week I had already notched or put down a couple of games in the loss column only to find out that I won because Marvin Jones basically didn't score any points at all when my opponents really only needed like four points. He managed to score three I was glad that I got his his miss there when we see what this game can be like. You mentioned Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has been fantastic. He's number six in fantasy points over expectation as a passer. And as Galladay has emerged, their offense has been more aggressive. I think there were some real concerns. And I, I love Galladay and avoided him a little bit in drafts this year simply because their offensive philosophy was so demoralizing last season. And they didn't necessarily give an indication that they were going to move off of that. But the team has developed head coaches developed the play calling is solid and Matthew Stafford now is perhaps playing the best that he's ever played I think that this idea of him as a gunslinger you know didn't exactly work out but in part only because the coaching staff was doing other things the defense was doing other things to undermine what was a great job by him having him as a game manager is the worst right I mean that's that's not what you want to do with Matthew Stafford at all that didn't work out taking the middle path this season. And we finally are getting to see Matthew Stafford as potentially an elite quarterback, which is what I think that he is. And so to see someone with that arm talent, uh, a cerebral player, despite, you know, the impressions that you get at certain points and, and just really looking like one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. So it, it is frustrating that they have done a few things this season to still sabotage that, right? The lions can never seem to get out of their own way, but I think the future Is right there for them. You mentioned Pascal, and and he's a guy uh very similar to Lazard for me, where if people just had taxi squad eligibility forever, then I would be all set with him. Uh, I have some sentiment here. He was recommended to me, you know, back in 2015 by John Moore, who you know, longtime Rotoviz fans will know, started up Rotoviz Radio all those years ago with Matthew Friedman. The original flagship show, and all that, and John obviously is this devi uh, guru passing game guru, and he pointed out this fellow to me from Old Dominion, who had these great market share numbers and If you go, you pull up the box score scout on the site, you 'll see that back in two thousand and fifteen he had a dominator rating of thirty eight percent and a little bit of a drop off as a senior then goes out is on practice squads for a while. And finally is breaking through as an NFL player, which is really cool to see these guys who uh, struggle, fight their way through, make it onto these NFL teams, stick on the NFL teams. And this big game this week, this was the first time that he's blown up, right? We featured him a year ago in early October when he had a 17-plus point game in week four. He did it again in week 14. Unfortunately, very little scoring other than that, so you probably didn't have him in your lineup either time. But the interesting thing here with Pascal is this is now his third double-digit game of his last four. Now, my concern is that even during that stretch, he's only up to a 13% share of targets, and so there's uh, there's an unsustainability question here and there's an overall offensive question but as you pointed out even though Andrew Luck is gone this Indianapolis Colts offense is starting to get interesting
2: it certainly is and it might be that the players around have you know there's more of a focus there they don't they don't have luck to rely on specifically so it's going to be interesting to see how they do the rest of the way but as I mentioned earlier leading that division I think Pascal is somebody on those bye weeks. You know, you might think about slotting into to some of those lineups. I think outside of that, we'll need to see more. But there's no doubt he's a player over the this season who's had an uptick in production based on what we've seen in the past like if you look as you mentioned over those last three week or over the over this season for example over the last four weeks he has a tree of his better games of his career there's only two games outside of that that he's had better performances so things definitely looking in the right direction so we'll see how it goes now the rest of the way so sean let's get into the fourth quarter <laughs> Sean looking here at Blair's article you know looking at expected points there's a couple of players this week who, who really blew up in terms of what we were expecting Latavius Murray obviously had a big week with uh, the situation with the, them sitting uh, Alvin Kamara with Marvin Jones who we've touched about um, Alan Robinson who you know looks looks pretty fed up in that Bears offense but is getting huge amounts of targets and is getting huge amounts of catches and if you could just get him with a good quarterback, I would just love to see what Alan Robinson can do because he's putting up numbers with Mitch Trubisky and that is almost an impossible feat at this moment in time. And I guess when we're talking about people who you know are, are not playing well at the moment of the card requisition i mentioned last week that i thought sam darnold uh, was going to really improve this jets defense it just it didn't obviously work out against the patriots this week so we'll, we'll wipe that one from the record and and moving forward darnold's going to be great <laughs> for the rest of the season but um, any any players um, from from Blair's observations that you wanted to highlight out of this out of this group
1: yeah i think the interesting thing here and we talk about this a lot in terms of one of the potential benefits from zero running back is that Blair has noted that Chase Edmonds and Latavius Murray both had more expected points this week than we tend to see from Kamara or from Johnson. Now they had the big weeks because they also outperformed that, but Latavius Murray, 27.7 expected points. So you take his touches where they are on the field, what the game situation is, and you would expect an average player to score 27.7. That is, is higher than what Kamara has scored and has been expected to score again, based on his touches in all but one game this season. We see a similar thing with Edmonds and it's fairly straightforward why this happens, right? When you have, it's not a committee, you've got the stars and then you have the backups in Edmonds case becomes more of a committee. Once the starter is dealing with some nagging injuries, but once even a backup is removed then you have a lot more touches that are available at least for a short window they're right so if you have a high upside backup the starter goes out all of those touches become available including the touches that you already had and so that's one of the reasons why these backups can score so many points for us even if we assume that they're probably not quite the same talent level something to look for here as we're getting into the time of the season where running backs are going down it's been a little bit of odd season because we haven't had great scoring from the wide receiver one tier and so that tends to cover up a little bit of the fact that we're now dealing with a ton of injuries to those first round running backs and then in the case of someone like Le'Veon Bell dealing with the fact that the offense itself is just so poor that it's difficult to squeeze value out of that the other person who really jumps out this week are the two other people who are very interesting and it kind of goes back to what monty was saying and how much of a desert the tight end position is darren waller huge expected point totals and then gerald everett someone we've been talking about the show since uh, early in the off season and it looked like we were probably wrong those first three weeks uh didn't do much but now all of a sudden He's averaged 13.7 expected points over the last month. Three of the four games have been above that level. And then the season high in expected points this past week. And if you watch this game, it was infuriating because even though he ended up doing well, capitalized on the touchdown at the end, it could have been so much more. He was getting wide open throughout the game and Jerry Goff would simply throw it behind him, throw it next to him, throw it over his head, and then he would throw it just out of reach and Everett would get his hands on it but not catch it. He led him on a long one where Everett seemed to misread the ball and then pull up and be about a yard short at the end. These two guys, if they had played sort of average quarterback performance and average tight end performance with the kinds of targets Everett had, he would have had a huge gain. And so I think the encouraging thing is after all of these missed opportunities, all of these incompletions early on, they just kept going to him. Despite having Brandon Cooks out there, Cooper Cup out there, uh, Robert Woods out there who looked a little better again this week, they just kept hammering Everett with these targets. And so you know, my question for you would be, knowing that the performance was so hit and miss and that Goff, again, just really did not look particularly good, is Everett someone we should be excited about, someone we should be going after at this point?
2: Well, I think he's somebody who you obviously talked up um, you know, in basketball formats in the offseason, and obviously I piqued my interest a lot more after those shows. But looking at what he's done over the last four weeks. I think he's definitely somebody to be trying to get into your lineups, if you can, if you can make an offer to get him. Now, the big concern here, as you mentioned, is the consistency of the targets and also the reception percentage that he has. So on the year, he has 41 targets, but only 24 receptions. So... Just, just like not, not far away from the 50%. So that's the concern i really have is the the targets he's getting are great like he said 10 targets this week five the week before 11 before that so two double digit target games in three weeks but the problem is is the the actual percentage of those that are catchable then is uh getting a low so four 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 catches out of the 10 targets is a concern um and that, that will be where my concern was but like you mentioned there was like a, there was a potential for a 40 yard touchdown on one of those one of those missed uh, passes from Goff, uh, which he was wide open on so we could see monster monster breakout we coming here for him and as this offense is trying to kind of find its rhythm, find how it's going, I think it's clear that he is becoming an integrated part into it. And and like we've seen previous years where we were getting more open uh play designs, where you were getting people like Cooks more involved. and um, you know, that isn't happening this year and they're having to try and get targets closer to the line of scrimmage. So you're getting the tight end targets in there and you're also getting a lot more targets to Cooper Cup as the season goes on. So I do think Everett is somebody who's who's very interested to have in there. Uh you you mentioned Waller Waller just continues to to break out even after he's already broken out and you know for the rest of the season there's no doubt he's a top five tight end for me, and you you see what the other tight ends are doing on a weekly basis. Like I I own Zach Ertz in a lot of leagues. There's there's really no production there at the moment. uh You know we see Kittle have uh, issues with production as well, and and you know now with Mahomes going down and Kelsey, we'll see what happens there. But Waller, like at the moment, is one of the most consistent options to, to play there at the tight end position. The, the other player I want to get your thoughts on is Austin Eckler, who obviously was our kind of flagship name for this season at the zero RB position with the. Melbourne garden injury Melbourne garden's come back they've lost the three games since he's come back he fumbled twice down near the goal line this past week he, he, he ended up losing the game at the goal line on the second one what's your thoughts on just how they're shaping up this backfield and can we please get uh, Mel- <laughs> Austin neckler a full workload here because uh, the touchdown he had on the the reception on the kind of right out near the sideline and then he had the one where he was ruled down at the one yard line which was given as a touchdown originally uh Austin Eckler just looks to be the running back that needs to be getting the bulk of the work in this offense, but doesn't look like the Chargers are, are planning on doing that at the moment.
1: This is similar to what we've seen with a couple of these other offenses where the main running back is looking uh, like a plotter despite being a big name. Now, I've always liked Melvin Gordon. I think he can get it going again, but this underlines the danger of holding out and then trying to rely on those players when they come back in the middle of the season, you have all of the different things in terms of rapport in terms of conditioning. And it's not that these aren't fantastically conditioned athletes, but it's just a little bit different uh, situation to get in there in the games, game speed, and all of the different things you have to deal with when you're an NFL running back, getting hit by these 300 uh, pound players who are still fantastic athletes. So in terms of how the offense works, it's very clear at this point that Eckler is the guy. And one of the things that they need to make that offense work is they need a lot of passes to the running backs. It's really the thing that drives their offense. And while there are some offenses set up out there, and I'm talking a little bit this week in the Zero RB report about how the Ravens simply don't pass to the running backs, and that makes all of their guys low ceiling even. Uh, in the situations where maybe they have a good game anytime that you have a good game uh, for someone like ingram if you can sell you want to do that there are offenses that work without passing to the running back but the San- uh, the sandy the los angeles chargers <laughs> they need eckler and they need those passes to the running backs to really make this offense be as dynamic as it can to really uh, augment What Keenan Allen is trying to do, what Mike Williams is doing, Hunter Henry has been a revelation. But to make the whole thing go, they need Austin Eckler in there. And then beyond that, we just know that these receiving touches have so much fantasy value. So uh, it was a little bit of a disappointing week the previous week raised some red flags maybe you're starting to think well now Eckler is is no longer even a sure thing in terms of a start sit decision i've tried to encourage people to hold on to him in dynasty i think he is going to be the direction the team ends up going but even for the rest of the season there's too much upside in terms of his talent ryan collinsworth talked a lot before the season about how his profile is almost identical to that of alvin Kamara. and so even though uh, certainly with melvin gordon in place probably not going to score like a Kamara that profile the upside the fantasy value of that is so significant that i certainly encourage people to stick with him and see what happens there from a reality perspective the chargers also need to stick with him and and make sure that they don't blow any more of these games
2: so Sean, now to finish up in overtime, obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night football, you know, we had a lot of concerns after what happened when we seen on the field. Um, and obviously there was the situation where we didn't know how long of an injury would be. It it seems a lot more positive now than it did at the time. We're looking at possibly a three to six week time frame. So we'll see what happens with the Chiefs good news i guess for the packers fans like myself out there that we don't aren't facing Mahomes this week as the packers play the chiefs on sunday night football but like you mentioned earlier we want to see these offenses playing well we want to see players healthy having the best performances that they can especially for fantasy purposes um so on this the rest of the season how how are you shuffling around these kansas city chiefs players you know you've got likes of tyree Kelsey who i mentioned earlier the running backs who have been a mixed bag all season long and um, what's your thoughts there rest of the way with this with this chiefs offense
1: yeah so i mentioned what a bad weekend it was and that didn't even include the fact that we had this patrick mahomes injury on thursday night i was out at uh, a tennis match playing in in adult tennis league and one of our guys wasn't there and the captain was asking you know where is he he's he's not usually late and i'm thinking well usually the chiefs are not playing on thursday night football Uh, it's always great you know even out in arizona if you have a fellow kin the city chiefs Homer and and a couple of minutes later he comes stalking through and just looks over at me as he walks by and says Mahomes is out and then like keeps stalking over to you know get his tennis rackets out and and so we briefly commiserated about the fact that you've got a quarterback with a fairly serious ankle injury why are we having this quarterback sneak and partly why we're having it is because the Chiefs can't run the ball at all and that's That's extremely disappointing for all of us who were hoping for the Chiefs to continue to have the type of production that Andy Reid offenses have always developed. Now, once we moved into this three-back timeshare between the two Williams and LaShawn McCoy, uh, the fantasy value there with its split doesn't benefit anyone, but that pie also has not been very large with how this offense is going. I was talking about the Chiefs uh, with John Solis yesterday. And certainly if you haven't had a chance, you know, make sure you check out the Solis report on the channel. An absolutely hilarious fantasy football podcast. Uh, he will make you laugh. Uh, go over and, and listen to that. But talking about what the Chiefs are now, and I said I would still like to see them get the number two seed, right? Have that chance to get the bye, to move in, and you know, hopefully take out the Patriots this year in the playoffs but i mean what they are now is a team that can't run the ball with a backup quarterback in a bad defense so even though they were able to hammer the broncos which a few teams even you know even when you look at what washington is doing even when you look at what miami is doing a uh, few teams have had as bad a week as the denver broncos just had because they lost to that version of the kansas city chiefs and not only lost but got manhandled um fortunately our guys Cortland Sutton Royce Freeman you know look better and better every week even within that context but when you're looking at the Chiefs Matt Moore with practice I think will be able to still do some good things for Tyreek Hill who's a star for Travis Kelsey who's a star we've talked about back at quarterbacks they're not all the same Matt Moore you know once once he gets back into the rhythm of things should be one of the better ones so I think the stars will be okay The rest of the players on that offense who had individual spike week ability with Patrick Mahomes, I think there's a lot less excitement for them. Uh, Tell me I'm wrong and that the Chiefs are really still one of the best teams and we shouldn't worry about this uh, month or so that we're going to go without Mahomes.
2: Well unfortunately I've been in this situation before Sean with the Packers where when Aaron Rodgers was down uh, the ship just sinks <laughs> from that point forward so um, you know the one thing I do think that the Chiefs have is Andy Reid this hasn't so far been one of his better play con seasons but he has had Know over his career um, is one of the better play callers i think in the nfl and I, I think he'll get enough out of this team to help them maintain you know a level in terms of wins to help them progress towards the playoffs my concern here is how that works into fantasy value and i, I don't think we're going to see any high scoring uh cheap wins probably over the next kind of four weeks if, if we do miss out on the for that length of time i think it'll be more a case of trying to manage the games and seeing if they can eke out the wins over the line i think probably like you know for Travis Kelsey it hasn't been a a hugely productive season for him I think having a a backup quarterback in there they tend to lock a lot more for the tight ends I think we'll see that a lot more my concern will be Tyreek Hill I I really don't think that matt moore is going to have the ability to get those deep targets on him the way that patrick mahomes does and you know i think then we're going to see a situation where those outside receivers who were on the you know like mccall hardman who were getting some games there robinson who were putting up some points i think it really just downgrades them you know to almost unplayable until Mahomes comes back what I think we'll see is a situation where basically if you had all those guys and their tiers at the start of the season so Kelsey's not top tier of tight ends I think you're dropping each player down a tier in terms of dropping him into the second tier of tight ends the rest of the way dropping hell down level I think that's what you have to do but you know I I might be surprised but I I think they'll do enough to to maintain their win record in the NFL but I think it's a a real disaster in terms of fantasy football production
1: I think you you're right and We have seen this team succeed with Alex Smith, who clearly is a a very different level than Mahomes. We've seen some of the backups come in like a Nick Foles, like a Chase Daniel, and have some very good games. So there's the potential there. and, And like we said, Matt Moore, a very solid backup quarterback. But you are going to be looking more at Alex Smith types of stats for the players who count on the quarterback position than what we were seeing with Mahomes.
2: Yeah, I think if you get Alex Smith numbers out of Matt Moore over the next three weeks, uh, I think Chiefs fans should be ecstatic because there's no doubt the best uh, times of Alex Smith's career was with Andy Reid as the play caller. Uh, And I think that, you know, I think we'd be doing a disservice to Alex Smith if we say that you know he's he's at that category i think there's as big a gap from alex smith to matt or as is is from uh patrick mahomes to alex smith i think that's probably what we'll look at for the <laughs> to sign off the show but uh, as we do that is the end of today's episode it's been a, a fun one here lots of stuff covered hopefully when we come back next week it'll be uh, a more high high spirited show as our teams have really bounced back and we've had a lot of uh, big scoring weeks from the players on our rosters and like uh, our listeners a lot of those players will probably be from the same player pool so looking forward to week eight hopefully We have a a big week here for our team, Sean. Hopefully, you bounce back from from that week seven. And uh, of course, as we wrap up the show, uh, as always, you can sign up to that Patreon page. You can also get the ten percent discount through the Road of His Radio podcast page, and lots, lots more. Check out the sponsors of today's show as well, um, and continue to support us as we move forward here uh, and develop as we move on with Road of His Radio. And as always, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Make sure you're checking out all the great work Sean's doing up on on the Rotoviz site. And with that, until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on his Radio. Please read and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at and Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount to the his Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran.